This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Welcome to the My Business Podcast, where we sit down with local businesses and we talk about who they are, where they come from, and what inspires them to be in business. Hello and welcome to the My Business Podcast. My name's Adam Bell and I'm your host. And today I've got with me in the studio Jason King from Wild Squirrel Technology. Welcome, Jason. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Fantastic, mate. Excellent, excellent. Letting that crowd go. <laughs> Jason, could you start by telling me a, a bit about your journey and what inspired, inspired you to start Wild Squirrel Technology? It goes back a little while. Uh, I did a, um, a technical degree at university for, for computer science um, and then followed into industry certifications and, and a whole bunch of those around networking, security, and working for large organisations. Okay. Um, and then dotted throughout that, I'd go into the consultancy side. So salespeople would sell technical solutions to customers and I would go in and, and deploy those things. But again, dealing with large corporates. Sure. And then eventually moved over into a commercial, like a sales role from that. Um, and you'd be sitting in front of customers and just explaining technology and how it works and what you're doing and why to go for it. But because I was selling the platforms or selling the technology, there's a certain resistance to it. Sure. Because you're just trying to sell me something. Yep. And that guard comes up quite quickly. Certainly if if the messaging's not quite right. And in the early days, you're still learning how to do all of that. Where they're questioning whether they need it or not. Whether they need it, is it the right thing? Are you telling me the truth? Because there's that trust element of as course, well. Of course, if, if it's sales. something they don't know about. Exactly. Mm. Why do I need this? Are you just trying to make quieter? Right? And that's that's a big thing. And the, this is one of the reasons I started. If you go out to the market for advice, do I need this? If you call a salesperson and say, do I need one of these? Their answer is going to be, no, you need five of them. Yeah. You know, and, and this. And do you want fries with that? You yep. get that all the time. And I'd see this process of... Salespeople would get taken out for drinks or event or something by a vendor, and for the next three months, they're finding customers that they can sell that product to. Yep. And the problem with that is, it's you're selling the product to a customer, whether or not they need it. And it kind of really bothered me. And I thought, you know what? You need someone on the other side. Someone is acting for the buyer. It's like a buyer's agent. You know, sure. in yep. property, you have buyer's agents. Absolutely. They ring around, they find out what you need, and they go around out to market and have a look for it. That's essentially what what we do um it's it's sitting down with customers understanding what they need and then finding that product or platform or technology or whatever it is um and finding the right people to do it for them uh so the reason i started is because that was just i just didn't see it in market for small business oh, okay so you sort of act as a as a middleman really and um in a, not really, not a middleman, because I don't clip the ticket, I don't get paid commissions or referral sure. fees or bonuses or anything like that by the people I, I, I refer to. So I just work for the client. For the client. So they'll pay me an hourly rate and we go, yep, okay, this is what we need, this is what you're looking for, this is what you're after. Um, and we will then go to market and find out where those products are and who the best people to do it are. Okay, so... You're, that's, explain then in, in layman's terms, you know, what exactly is it that Wild Squirrel Technology does? If I'm a small business owner, what am I coming to you for? Okay, so a big one, uh, there's two big problems that, that come across real quick, or real often, really often, is uh, customer relationship management, so CRM system, uh, and time keeping or time sheeting. So how do you keep track of the time you spend on a project? Because, um, and they're, they're two big things. Uh, so what, what you can come to me for is, 
is working through that those requirements. Make look at where you want your business to be in a few years. Make the right technology choice now, so that, that future self, three years down the track, won't regret that decision. Sure, so that you don't have to go looking for something else. Something then new because and you've outgrown what you took costs. on. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, you can scale up beyond belief, or you, you know, if if your market conditions turn against you, you can have those challenges as well. So you don't necessarily want to be committed to a large you know, monthly platform or, or a commitment, you know, three-year commitment to something that's not going to be right for you. Yep. So it's hard to tell that, but work through that process. How do we go about um, finding that right platform for so your business? I get it. I get it now. So, like, there are so many CRMs out there. Let me just use that example. Yep. Um, and, you you know, you go and start having a look. If you call that company about it, you're getting, a, getting their salesperson yeah, who's going to tell you, you need this. And they've but got very clever strategies to, to step you through to, to yes. There's a way of doing it. Identify the pain. What is it that this – how do I make it sound like if this person doesn't buy this straight away, their business is going to fail? Sure. You but, come across that a lot. Yep. And so you do that with, you know, three or four companies that you, you, you're checking out, but – you, you know this. You, mm. you talk to them about their business and um, you know the right solution, which one to go for. It's, it's a process. Of, I know there's a, there are a lot out there, so it's a process of finding it. So I may not know it straight away, yep. but I've been across a lot of them, so chances are I do. Sure. Um, and that applies across network security, you know, these sort of CRM systems, yep. time cheating, that sort of stuff. Um, but focusing on the CRM side, you'll, let's say you do three or four um, – trials, yep. monthly trials, two-week trial, whatever it is that you do. And some of them are great, some of them are not. Um, there's a particular one out there that has a great free starter tier. It's fantastic. It just does all the little bits you need. It's It replaces Excel in a way and adds to it. But if you then want to take the next step, and I had a look at some of the stuff that, that I'd want to do, it was $500 a month Wow. for the next step up wow. to, be, to be truly useful. Yep. And that didn't include a few other things like SMS, uh, automated SMSs and that kind of thing. That was another $500 a month. Yep. Like you'd really want to be sending a lot of SMSs for $500 a Absolutely. month. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so you've just got to be careful about making sure that you're clear on what your business needs it to do, then base the platform on that. Sure. Um, right, fantastic. So... We hear a lot about data protection. Um, when when I hear that, I kind of think big companies, corporates uh, are the ones that, that need that. But why is that crucial for, for small businesses? A lot of businesses assume that oh, it's in OneDrive or it's in G Drive. It's backed up. It's not. It, what happens is in the background, they have a, a whole bunch of their drives and they've got redundancies built out all through their, their whole data centre. And Google has this thing called the Chaos Monkey, which... Um, is a little uh, program that jumps between different servers and randomly shuts things down. And the applications have to withstand this. It's built in so that if random failures happen, there's the, they maintain their uptime, and that's fantastic. But it doesn't protect the user data, the business's actual data. So if so, let's for example, let's say for example, um, this is a, a popular one at the moment with ransomware, right? Staff member gets sent, uh, please pay this invoice straight away. They're like, oh, what invoice? They open the invoice and it's got malware in it. The systems are compromised. They go through. The first thing people they'll go for is your backups and then the next thing they go for is the main data. And that's when you find out you've been hacked. Right. So all your whole network shuts down. 
Now, if you turn around to Google and go, I need to restore my data, they're like, no, we don't have those backups. You're, you have to find your own, you have to do your own data, user data backup. Now, if you don't have that, you're, paying, you're either paying the ransom or you're losing the data. They're your two choices. Wow. Um, so a good offline backup system, so it's uh, coming through the back-through API or some other method like that. If all else fails in network sync or something on a USB drive, just something, have a copy of the data, do it at least daily. If you can't do it daily, make it at least every two days. because. And the reason I say that is because if there is an incident, whatever, you have to restore from your last copy. Yep. So if it's two days ago, you've lost two days lost of work. Two days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so if you run Max, you can. There's a, a sneaky thing you can do with um, uh, doing snapshots every hour, every hour and putting your uh, time machine in a box, in a Dropbox environment or something like that, and then backing that Dropbox environment up to something else. Then you've got a good chance. Um, but failing that, it's uh, it's what have you've lost? It's that time. Wow. Mm. All right. So look there. There's a lot of security solutions available in the market. How how does Wild Squirrel technology, you know, assist business in, businesses in navigating through the options that are there and finding the right one for them? The the challenge with cybersecurity is that everyone's realised that it's a really popular market, really popular area, especially right now with with high profile cases in Australia, um, and you know, APRA and, and other regulators looking at fines. Um, Medibank just got done for $250 million as a result of their hack. Optus is going to, uh, Optus is holding its breath because it's going to have similar problems. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so the problem is if you don't understand that security technology, they all sound the same. Now, I'll, I'll use two specific uh, brand names in market. One is Bitdefender and another one's CrowdStrike. Now, Bitdefender is a good platform. Uh, it has... Uh, but it is kind of aimed at a lower market segment. CrowdStrike is aimed at fully at the enterprise and large government, right? And it's priced that way. But if you read the two websites, they sound identical. Whereas Bitdefender is four hundred dollars a year, and CrowdStrike's forty thousand. Wow! So it's it's a big difference. And obviously, there's a there's a an uplifting capability between the two. But if you don't know that, and you've never worked with these products, you don't know any of them. How do you know which one's which? I mean, why? Like, if I can get that for four hundred bucks, and it sounds exactly the same as the other one, why not? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it's just understanding where those market segments are and where those products are meant to to play. Um, the only one I would caution people against is Norton's. Norton's lost its way. Really, but one of the versions includes a crypto miner. So, and you don't get the benefit of that. It goes back to um, that goes back to Norton's, but they're mining cryptocurrency using your computer. Okay. Lovely, which is great. Really, sl- it, it really slows down the computer because it uses the CPU when you're not using it. And would the average punter know that when they're, when they're using Norton's? No, no, they don't advertise it. They don't tell anyone. It's there, but you have to look for it. Um, so it's it's the only one that, that really has a problem. You know, there's others like Kaspersky's, McAfee's, those guys. They're, they're perfectly aimed for that consumer market. Um, they, don't, uh, they won't protect you against advanced threats. But they'll stop the majority of stuff sure. that you're going to get hit with. Okay. Um, but look, that's why businesses need you know someone like you um, in their corner to be able to explain absolutely. all of this. And that's and that's the thing. The the sales reps won't do that. If no. if if you're a bit defender rep and Macquarie calls you, or well not like Macquarie, but a company calls you, you you're going to do everything you can to close that sale, yep. and you're going to position the risk, and you're going to position the what happens if, and uh, you know it's all you sell. Um, they call it uh, FUD. 
Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. <laughs> if uh, that's how you sell cybersecurity, yep. is is through those mechanisms, and it's just, I mean, you know, make people fear. What happens if you don't do it? Have you? Are you sure you've got the right platform? These are all messages. Yep. If you ever hear a salesperson say, "What keeps you up at night?" All they're trying to do is find out which which nerve to prod to get you to buy it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, even even you explaining that is an eye opener, because <laughs> um, uh, it, it is. It would be something most businesses do. Do worry about um, because you are hearing about the big ones that happen in the news, but you do hear about the smaller guys who, um, you know, it, it costs them large amount of money when uh, when when things things go wrong. And this is something that I don't think a lot of people realise. A really common belief amongst uh, small business operators or owners is that I'm too small to be a target. Yep. I'm too small to be a target. I'm not important, and that's hundred percent true, right? They are not going to expend their time targeting you. What they do is they send out a million emails, 10 million emails, right? They send them out, they're constant, constant. And if you're on that list, you're going to get one of these emails and it's going to say something like, open this invoice, here's my resume, uh, anything to get you to open that attachment. I saw one the other day, JB Hi-Fi, apparently I've won some AirPods. Great. I didn't enter a competition for AirPods, so I don't know how I won it. I'm hoping the Lottery Corporation does this for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so, uh, yeah, so just open that email. Because they're getting more advanced, aren't they? uh, And with ChatGPT and everything Mm. else, they're using it to to do it. There's uh, something like 20,000 ChatGPT logins have been hacked now, have been been accessed, so they've got these access to ChatGPT. Because uh, they realised, um, OpenAI realised, who runs that that tool, realised that um, it could be used for, for malicious intent. So they, they made steps to try and prevent that. Sure. But if you've got valid login, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. Just go straight in the front door. So you're not going to be targeted. But what you are going to be is on this list, you get this email, it clicks on that, and let's say it's a ransomware attack. They shut down all your services. You haven't done a backup recently. It's $10,000 to restore your data. Or you lose all of it. Okay, fine. Well, for ten thousand dollars, I've been working in this business for ten years. You know, otherwise I lose everything and I've got to start again. I'll pay the ten grand. So for every thousand emails, that for every thousand people that open it, that's ten million dollars that those hackers have got. Unbelievable. And what have they done? They haven't done anything. It's all run by computer. That money just turns up in their account, just sits there piling in. And they don't even know it's happening. They're just focused on the Medibanks and the Optuses and the Latitude Financials and those large um, enterprise environments. They're just focused on those. That's where they target. Yep. But you're on a list. You're definitely on an email list because someone, someone you've given your email address to has been hacked. Yep. You go into the dark web, you go, have I been owned? Um, and uh, check it, put your email address into it. Uh, you're, it'll show up somewhere. It'll be on a list and you'll get those emails. They buy these things, they'll buy a million emails for you know a few dollars and uh, they just send it out. Send it out. So according to the ACSC, which is the Australian Cybersecurity Centre, small businesses on average, the cost of a breach is around $40,000 per breach. Wow. 40 grand. Amazing. And so let's say it's the ransomware and I'm only using 10 grand as a round number. It can be 15, 20, 38, whatever it is. You're going to pay it. If you've been running this business for uh, for twenty years, and suddenly it's going to be shut down for twenty grand, you're going to pay it. So for every thousand, so let's say they have ten thousand people open it, it's a billion dollars. Unbelievable when you you look at the numbers. Yeah, well that's a sorry that's a hundred million, but mm. you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, crazy. So just for not, and that just turns up. Yeah, and they just keep going. 
yep. go and go and go and then they'll get you again and again and just it just keeps turning up in their account. So yeah, I'm too small to be targeted, but you're on a list. You're on a list, and that's all it takes. Yeah, yep. It doesn't so take much. One person click the wrong email because it, it, it's interesting because the it, just the way you've explained that you I, you know you do think I'm too small to be targeted. Why would they bother? Me? They're hmm. well, they're, they bother? well, they're not. Yeah. But you're on a list. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not and that's all it the takes. Time. Yeah. Um, so they're not targeting you. They mm. haven't looked at your business and said, "That's that's oh, there's one we'll, we'll have a crack at." Yep. It's yep. just you're on a list, and and that's the way it goes. So look, you hear a lot about um, CIOs and CTOs in in big companies. Um, I'd, I'd love to know the difference between these two, and and what's a, a virtual CTO. So there's uh, there's kind of a obviously the the roles kind of blend depending on the company, but a CIO um, is the chief information officer, uh, and usually from a technical perspective, they're focused internally. Mm-hmm. So how do I make my systems more efficient? Have I got the right cybersecurity in place? Have I um, have have I got all the right systems and tools that I need to support the other departments within the organisation and just, and to further the goals of the organisation itself? The CTO looks more externally. How do we use technology to enhance the customer experience, to improve the workflow, that efficiency for that customer engagement? So it's generally that, how do I, CTOs outside and CIOs inside. Inside. Now, the virtual CTO is very similar. It's become a very popular thing. It's also called CTO as a service. It's essentially when you don't want to spend $300,000 a year on having someone just focused on building out your customer engagement, you can engage someone on a part-time basis to come in and say, okay, well, where's your marketing and sales strategies? How are you going out? What's your customer journey? And then how do we use technology to improve that? Because customers will go to the – will take the path of least resistance. Everything does. Of course. You know? So if you can take the path of least resistance, if I know that I can go to company A and it will take me about 15 seconds to get what I want, I'm going to those guys. If I go and company B comes along and they take two and a half minutes, yeah, that's just much easier. I'm just going to go click, click, finish. I've got what I want. All right. So that's what, and you'll see this a lot with um, what they call reg tech. So we've got regulatory technology. Uh, fintechs are doing the same with account to account transactions. Uh, a lot of these um, organizations are looking at ways to use technology to improve customer outcomes. And customer happiness, customer satisfaction. Yep. Because if if you're the path of least resistance, and they will they will come back to you, and they will tell their friends about how much of a great experience they had. So, um, so that's yeah. So the CTO service. That's something else we'll do. You sit down with clients and say, okay, how do we, how do we help you really delight those customers, not just satisfy them, but really delight them in a way that makes them go, this is awesome. You need to go see these guys. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, look, one of the the main challenges. Um, you know, medium-sized businesses would have would is you know hiring IT staff. Now that's something um, you know Wild Squirrel can help with, isn't it? It is. Um, hiring IT staff can be can be tricky. It's a it's a difficult point in a business's life cycle uh, because junior staff around about I did a search on Seek the other day. Junior staff around eighty thousand dollars a year, and that's someone with two or three years of experience. Yep. Um, but they don't necessarily know everything they need to know to support your business. They're not going to know all the systems. You can train them and mould them and, and teach them, but then they're going to make mistakes along the way. So if you want to go then to a senior person to avoid that, they're somewhere around the 120K. Um, it varies a fair bit in that space, but it go around that. And they're generally around five years' experience. Um, so if you've got 120K, 
and but you've got a guy who or a person who um, doesn't necessarily want to do all the junior stuff. So I don't want to drive there and change the tone of cartridge. I don't want to change people's passwords for a living. I don't want to do this. I don't so the chances of keeping them on, unless they're interested, unless it's it's engaging work, going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, um, and they're going to get more involved in the strategy side of things. But for a small business, IT strategy isn't necessarily a critical path. It's something they do as an adjunct to where the business is going, which is the way it should be. Um, the, so the challenge there is, well, I've got 120K resource or an 80K resource and all I'm doing is getting support really out of them and for some better than others. But if you go to a managed service provider, right, you get – so they do that as a service for companies um, and they'll, they'll look after your systems, they'll monitor them, they'll help you, they'll have a breadth of skills, uh, they'll help you identify where improvements could be made. So it's a, it's a much better way – of delaying that investment in the in the IT stuff, but getting the sp- support and the service that you need to be able to keep the business operational, um, and it's significantly cheaper than 120k. No, that's generally a fantastic idea. Absolutely. Now, t- tell me a without breaching confidentiality. Give me a success story. Tell me about a time you know you've come in you know as um, as owner and and manager of, of Wild Squirrel and and really helped one of your, your clients out? So we had um, someone come in, and this is on the, the cybersecurity side, um, had someone reach out to me um, a little while ago. Uh, they were really struggling with their cybersecurity. They, they didn't have any. They didn't have anyone who knew anything about it, and they didn't even really know where to start, uh, which is a common thing. Uh, the the owner had um, he'd operated on the f- on the assumption that well I'm too small to be a target yep uh, but they were growing which is a common way to think hundred percent hundred percent and they were but they were they were growing and then they got some staff in and and uh, one of the um, the new reps their their CFO turned around and said we can't we can't continue like this we've got to keep going we've got to get some some security in here especially on the back of everything else that's been happening in market recently. So I was like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll do that. So I happened to be at a um, Chamber of Commerce uh, meeting. We were talk- I was talking about what, what I do. And um, they came up to me and said, actually, can you give us a hand with this? Uh, so we went through, there's a couple of meetings, um, to really go through what assets they had, where they were in their buying life cycle. So you know, how old are those assets? Uh, are you doing the updates? Getting a bit of a feel for where... What, what infrastructure they had in place. And then, okay, there's two things we need to do. We need to do an assessment and make sure you're, you're actually clean at the moment. So we organised that. And then we um, we had a look in market, went out to market with a, a key requirements document, uh, sent out to some providers that I know and trust and said, okay, can you guys respond to this? Now, of the six people I sent it out to, three came back and said, uh, we don't do Max or we don't do this or don't do that. Um, so we got, but I got three good responses um, from people I know, people I trust, and it was a it was a really worthwhile experience for them because suddenly they went from having no idea to exactly knowing what they needed. Fantastic! Um, so it was a it was a good um, it was a really good engagement. Really enjoyed that one. Excellent. So I've I've heard a bit about password managers lately, and look, I just use my browser, um, and you know that that'd be pretty safe, I would imagine. But do I need a um do I need a, a, an external password manager? So the 
the thing with uh, password managers, it all started up um, back when uh, IE first came out. People found it hard to remember their passwords, so they offered to save it. The thing is, those passwords, using your browser, is really insecure. I mean, proper insecure. Really? It really is, because it's actually trivial. So in cybersecurity, the difficulty of hacking something is rated, and trivial means it takes less than a minute. So they can do it in seconds and they will have every password, your CBA or whatever, your banking accounts, um, they will have all of that access to all of those passwords um, in almost in seconds, in under a minute. So if they've got access to your computer, they can get into it. So no problem. do not use your browser for passwords. Do not use your browser to sort of store passwords. There are great password managers out there. Google's pushing theirs at the moment. The only challenge with that is it can only be used in Google in, in Chrome. Um, but other ones like one passwords fantastic keypass uh, 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 there's a couple of others in there dashlane as well that um, that can be used they're all great they're all better than your browser wow. do not use your browser wow. for I, password management I can, there's plenty out there listening right now who are going <laughs> to their laptops to uh, to change that there's a lot of ones you can get on free trials and that sort of thing test them out see how you go uh, but the one password one is is a fantastic product Fantastic. Well, look, we're just about out of time, but look, before we we, we go, uh, where to for Wild Squirrel Technology now? What's, what's on for the next five years? Obviously, technology's ever-changing, these risks that you, you know, help businesses manage and the advice you give them. Where, where to for Wild Squirrel Technology from here? So we're um, it's uh, we're, we're we're growing, which is great. Um, we're you know sort of next five years. There's some great technologies coming through. I think we'll see a lot more around the augmented reality, virtual reality space. Yep. Uh, I know uh, Meta and a few others are really pushing down that path. And having tried out a few of these platforms now, um, you know there are some great PR and event agencies like Imagination and a few others who are doing some really fantastic. Um, innovative solutions and ideas in this space. So I think that's where things will go. Um, so having a bit of a focus in that, all around that that aim of helping them, helping companies delight their customers, not just keep them satisfied. Yep. So how do you make that really, make it really engaging for customers? And I think there's some areas in there to explore. There's some really good, good um, technologies coming through. Exciting times ahead. Absolutely. So, look, mate, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, finding out about your business and, and what you do provide because I didn't sort of really even know there were tech companies around that did what, what you do. And it's a fantastic service for, for small businesses. And I'm sure we've got listeners out there who um, who will want to get in touch and um, and and have you help them out. Yep. How would someone get in, in touch with you? So there's uh, a number of ways. You can find me on LinkedIn. We've got a business page on, uh, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, and you can just find me, Jason King. Uh, there are a few of those, so look for Jason Richard King, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and then, or just email me, go to the website, wildsquirrel.technology, and uh, there's an email address just there, so um, you can pick me up through that. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for joining us on the My Business Podcast. Really enjoyed listening to you, and um, good luck for uh, all your business endeavours in the future. Fantastic. Thanks, Adam. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the My Business Podcast. If you want to be on our podcast, please reach out to the team on all our socials at mybusiness.pod.